Genesis chapter number 6. I want to look at those in the Word of God who, who found grace. There are many of them. I will point out just a few. But I am glad, as I use that term, of all the things that I have come across in this world, that uh, one day as a 14-year-old boy, I, I found grace. Amen. I have never been uh, blessed to find, stumble upon much of value as far as happenstance. If I find money, it's always pennies. And I'll be honest, I'm too lazy to go down for the penny. If the dollar's devaluated that much, I'm not going to chance my back on a penny. And uh, so I leave that for others. But uh, I am glad that uh, I have experienced the grace of God. I will not try to give you a bunch of definitions. There are several that I like. Uh, grace, of course, is the unmerited favor of God toward men. For by grace are ye saved. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The whole plan of salvation comes through the grace of God as he sent his son to die on the sinner's behalf and uh, saves us in his mercy. And uh, we have been redeemed, Paul said, uh, through this grace, being justified freely through the redemption that is found in Christ Jesus. Thank God for grace. If we'd have had to uh, earned our way to heaven, none would ever have attained it. But uh, we go by grace. But I will not try to, uh, for me to, to give you one definition or to give you a, a definition from the human mind as to the grace of God would be like trying to hug a mountain with one embrace. There's just no way we can describe it. But yet I think one verse in the Bible says it as well as any. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Isn't that wonderful? I love that verse. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Hallelujah. Those who found grace. Now let's look in Genesis chapter 6. I'll read one verse there, and then I'm going to go to uh, Genesis chapter 39, and then I'll go to Ruth chapter number 2, read a verse in each place. The Bible said in verse number 8 of Genesis chapter number 6, But Noah found grace. Grace. Where did he find it? In the eyes of the Lord. And then in Genesis chapter number 39 and verse number 4, a very well-known character in the Bible, the Bible said, And Joseph found grace in his sight. 
or the site of Potiphar. And then in uh, the book of Ruth and uh, chapter number 2 and verse number 10, the Bible said, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thy sight? Those who have found grace. I was preaching in Texas a few weeks ago, a month or so ago, and a lady as I was exiting the building, stopped me and she said, Preacher, all of my life I wanted to know what grace was. I wondered what grace was. I had heard that term from a young girl on up, and she was a, an adult. But she said, One day uh, I came to the Lord, and He saved me, and said, When I got up from the altar, I turned to a lady standing next to me. And I said to her out of my heart with glee, I finally know what grace is. And she had found, she said, Preacher, the term grace was not even used when I was led to the Lord. But yet I knew when I got up off that altar that I had found grace because I had found Christ. And how true that is because Christ is the embodiment of grace. He is the Bible said, the fullness of grace. And when you find grace, you ultimately find Christ. But I'm preaching on those who found grace. And I want to go back to Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 8. And I'll give you four thoughts this morning concerning those who have found grace. First of all, I would have you to underscore this thought. Those who find grace soon find that it was grace that found them. Boy, isn't that true? Noah doesn't have a grace detector. He's not out searching for grace. The sinner doesn't even know that grace exists. He lives in his own self-righteous world, hoping that maybe everything will balance out in the end. But here, Noah finds grace, but he finds it in the eyes of the Lord. The word eyes there has to do with the, the totality of the being who is, and it has the idea of being pleased with. In other words, God is pleasingly looking upon Noah. His countenance uh, is pleased as it looks upon Noah, and it reaches down into the heart that wants to extend to Noah this grace and this mercy. It's not an action on Noah's part, but it's an action on God's part. And anywhere you find grace, and especially those who have found grace, underscore that, those who have found grace did not stumble upon it. They didn't just happen to run into it. But the truth of the matter is it was grace by God's divine design that shows up in our lives. He gave, a, he gave His Son, as I said, and He gave the plan of salvation, and uh, He gave us the gospel, and He intended on that gospel to reach your heart where you could be introduced to salvation by the grace of God. 
Those who find grace soon find that it was grace that found them. I sort of think of it like the little girl that lost the tooth, you know, five or six years old, and she places it under her pillow. And in the night, the mother will go in and sweep under the pillow and pull the tooth out. And then she will reach in her purse and put $5 for inflation under the pillow. And uh, in the morning, the little girl will wake up and she will sweep her hand under the pillow. And what does she find but $5? And she runs through the house as if she has found something. And she says to her mama, look, mama, I found $5 under my pillow. And she did. But it was by the mother's design that it was placed there that she was able to find it. And Noah is able to find this grace because it was by divine design. It was placed there. We're able to be saved because it was by divine design that Jesus came, lived, and died for our sins by a divine mind. He had a divine design, and that is by grace, by His compassion, by His love, He wanted to save sinners. And so those who find grace and the further along we go, the more we look back and realize that, oh, wasn't it wonderful that grace found us. Now this is true throughout the Bible, but I've meditated on some some, uh, instances where it is just spelled out so vividly. I thought, uh, I thought about uh, the prodigal son. You remember the story of the prodigal son. And the scripture talks about how that he came to himself and, and he ran back home. He was going back home. And the Bible said in verse 20 of chapter 15 of the book of Luke, he rose and he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. In other words, if you're headed toward the father, what you're going to find out is, is the father's been heading in your direction. If you're running toward him, you're going to realize one day that he had been He has been running toward you. Uh, It is a movement of God where Noah finds grace to where the prodigal son sees that the father was longing for him even more than he was longing for the father. Another great example of that is uh, is in Luke chapter number 19 uh, where we have uh, Zacchaeus, you know, he's that short fella. And uh, he wants to see Jesus, so he runs. And verse 3 said, He sought to see Jesus who was, uh, who he was. He could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. But in verse number 5, the Bible said, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Zacchaeus went to see Jesus and when he saw Jesus he saw that Jesus was seeing him (laughs) they came eye to eye isn't that the way salvation was 
It's a matter of that uh, he was coming. He was looking at you when you when you finally zeroed in on him. You found out he had already been looking uh, at you. And when when you and the term is fine. We use that so much. We said, "Boy, I'm so glad I found the Lord. I'm so glad I found grace." And that is fine. You did find him, but you found him because he found you. He was looking at you. He was running at you. He was, don't you remember those days of conviction before you were saved and the Holy Ghost was wooing you and he was pulling you and he was speaking to you and he was saying, I love you and he was saying, I died for you and he was saying, I want to save you and I want to make you a part of my family and, and uh, though you did not realize that all of those years, now you're becoming focused and all of a sudden you see that he sees you. And you understand that while you're headed in his direction, he's headed in your direction. And when you find grace, those who find grace soon find that grace found them. And isn't that why we sing about it? And isn't that why we rejoice in it? Because of the day that grace showed up in our lives. Now, there are three ways in which grace seems to... Uh, find us and God channels His grace in our direction. I'll, I'll just briefly mention those. There are many others probably, but I'm using these examples. I, I think, first of all, the Bible said Noah found grace. In other words, grace showed up in Noah's life, but, but the emphasis of the text, I think if you read it, you'll find that grace, God's grace, uh, came into Noah and, and connected with Noah through his family. Came through his family. And I want to emphasize that just for a moment, that how wonderful it is when there's a mother or a father that knows the Lord, that God can use their lives to have an impact upon your life. Now, because they're saved doesn't mean you're saved. Because they're going to heaven doesn't mean the children are going to heaven. But thank God they can be an instrument, an uncle and an aunt or a brother or a sister or someone in the physical family I'm talking about who knows the Lord. God can use you to be an influence on those children and God can let His grace uh, that He has put in your life have an impact upon those who come in contact, especially of your family order. Isn't it wonderful? Wonderful. Isn't it wonderful to look back and realize there was a mother or a father who prayed with you, who read the Bible with you, who brought you to church to where you could hear the man of God and hear the word of God. And God was able to use the family uh, to connect to your life as far as grace was concerned. Now, I noticed that because... I've read the genealogy, if you will, in chapter number 5 of Noah's ancestry. One sticks out more than others. There are several in there that had an impact, I'm sure, upon the family tree. But I thought about Enoch. Enoch died four years before Noah was born. So Noah's father, who is Lamech, and Noah's grandfather is Methuselah, the man that lived the longest upon this earth, knew Enoch well. And Enoch was that great-grandfather figure that the Bible said, the great thing that it said about Enoch was, Enoch walked with God. 
And he did so for 300 years. And he walked so long and he walked so far that the Bible said finally he was not. The day came when the Lord said, Enoch, you've, you've walked so long and so far. Why don't you just come on home with me? And uh, so he's never stopped walking, really. Walked right on in uh, to glory as he was, the Bible said, translated. One of only two. And as he was uh, 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 taken away to heaven, he left behind the testimony of grace that he had walked with God. And no doubt Methuselah talked about that and said he just walked with God and was not. One day came and he didn't die. He just, he walked with God and was not. And then his, his son Lamech would talk to, to Methuselah, his father, about the grandfather and say he just, and little old Noah, as he grew up, he heard the talk in the family about, about this man who walked with God and, and was not. And it had such an impact upon him that the one thing the Scripture says emphatically about Noah, if you'll look down in the verse number 9, the Bible said, and he walked with God. Now, I don't think that's an accident that Noah walked with God when his great-grandfather, the Bible, said the same thing, and it had said that about none other previous to that, that he walked with God. No doubt Noah, as a little boy, God began this work of grace and began to do this impression upon his heart and began to woo him and pull him as the testimony of his, of his great-grandfather of how he walked with God and how he knew God and, and how he shared uh, this truth of God. And so, no doubt in Noah's life, he said, Daddy, when I grow old, what I want... I I want to be somebody like, like Enoch. I want to walk with God. Boy, isn't that a blessing. I heard about the little boy that was riding down the road one day with his grandmother back before the days of which they had car seats and all that. And uh, the little boy said, uh, Grandmama, he's riding in the front seat. He's about six years old. said, Can I pray? And she said, Well, yes, son, you can. And so he turned around in the seat and and got in position, and he prayed, and he said, Lord, I just want to thank you for my wife, and I want to thank you for my children. I want to thank you for my grandchildren. I want to thank you for my job, and I want to thank you for my home, and I want to thank you for my health, and, and I want to thank you for my car, and all those other things. And he quit praying, and he got back up into the seat, and the grandmother looked at him and said, Son, said, uh, how come you prayed like that? Why, why did, you don't have a wife. You, you don't have any children. You don't have grandchildren. You, you don't have a house, a car, or a job. Why, why did you pray like that? He said, because grandmama, that's the way grandpa prays. And he'd been listening to grandpa. And grandpa had had an influence upon his life. God putting grace in Enoch's life so we could put grace in Noah's life and God saving you because he wants to save someone that knows you and know he wants to save someone of your family of your children because of this this family effect grace came into Noah's life through a family connection but then I think about Ruth we all know the story of Ruth how that uh, she is a uh, a Moabite and uh, the Moabs were born out of incest and filled with idolatry and adultery. 
And we only have two occasions in Scripture where Moabites are mentioned by name as being a part of, of uh, God's family. One is, uh, of course, Ruth. The other is one of the mighty men of David. Uh, so as far as from there on back, we don't have a listing. There probably are some, but we don't have a listing of any of them that came to know the Lord. But uh, here we find this young lady raised in this pagan country, and, and the way that God reaches her is not through a family connection because she doesn't have any family that knows the Lord. Uh, this is sort of a situation in which I was raised. There was no gospel in my home. There was no religious influence. There, there, the only Bible I ever remember was a Gideon Bible that my brother or sister got in school. And, of course, we never read the Bible. We never prayed, uh, never heard the name of the Lord mentioned, but what it wasn't mentioned in vain. And uh, that was the, the influence there because we didn't have a mother, and my dad raised us, and he was a, a drunkard. And so I, I can remember no spiritual influences up until I was 15, 14 years old. But then through, through the design of God and the providence of God, uh, having my dad going into DTs and going into a mental institution, and then I had to move to Ohio to live with my brother. Of course, he was a drunkard too, but, but long story short, we were introduced to some people who we had no connections with, but they knew the Lord. And they knew the gospel. And so they began to witness to us and began to pray for us. And within a short period of time, my sister-in-law came to know the Lord and how glorious that was. And then my brother Joe came to know the Lord. And then a month later, of course, the Lord showed up in my life. I found him because he found me. He designed it. And uh, what a glorious day that was as a 14-year-old boy and changed my life. And it has never, ever, ever been the same. But while he came into Noah's life through a family connection, he came into uh, Ruth's life through a foreign connection, through another country, through another people that God used to reach that knew the Lord and knew about the Lord. And, and so God used them to touch her life, a very foreign. And of course, she was a stranger to that. As Ephesians said, we, are, we were strangers to that. And we were uh, foreigners to that. But thank God when the Lord used uh, those people to touch our lives and saved us, we were no longer strangers and foreigners, but we became fellow citizens of the household of God. And so Ruth was welcomed into the family because God used other peoples who knew him to touch her life. Aren't you glad for the for the people who know the Lord that can touch the lives of people, even possibly family members that you can't touch. Amen. Sometimes the hardest people in the world to witness to are family members. And sometimes they're far removed to where you can't touch them. But isn't it wonderful to know that, that, uh, that, that someone on the job maybe that they've run into or maybe they've moved into a house in a neighborhood to where there are people who, who know Jesus and are saved. And, and, and you, you learn through different connections that somebody's having an influence on them. Somebody's witnessing to them. And you say, thank God, if I can't do it, I'm glad you've got somebody that can. And while that son or daughter may be running from the Lord in a far off land, 
there can be those people that God has placed there to catch up with them where you can't catch up with them. And grace, I'm talking about those who find grace, soon find that grace found them, sometimes through a a family connection, sometimes through a, a foreign connection, and then sometimes when I think of Joseph's life, I think that uh, Joseph found grace and grace found Joseph in what I would call forceful connections or situations. In other words, when we think about Joseph's life, it, it, seems, it seems to be a tragedy for most of the way if you don't know what God's doing. And when we think about how that, that his brothers, the Bible said, uh, despised or hated him, we think about how they sold him and how he became a slave, a slave. Uh, we still, uh, in this day, have the marks of that on this country as, as the days of slavery. And we think about how awful slavery would be. And here he is in this place called Egypt. And I've been there, preached there 10 days. And I'm, I don't know, I wouldn't even want to live there, let alone be a slave down there. And his brothers knew that slaves didn't live long, and so they figured that he would die down there. And then, to make matters worse, he does the best he can as a slave, and then he's lied on, and he becomes a prisoner in prison. And the Bible said they bound him with fetters, and they, they hurt him there in that, in that prison situation. And uh, boy, it just looked like a terrible, terrible ordeal. But in each case, we read, that we'll notice later on, in each case we read what we read in the text, but Joseph found grace. No matter where he found himself, if he was home, he had grace in the eyes of his father. If he was in a slave, he had, he had grace in the eyes of Potiphar. If he was in prison, he had grace in the eyes of the keeper of the prison. And finally, he had grace in the eyes, uh, Stephen said, as he was being, before he was stoned, that, that Joseph found grace in the eyes of uh, Pharaoh, the king. And so it seemed like no matter where he went, he found grace. But none of those places did he go because he wanted to go. He did not choose to go to these places. And he didn't go to these places because he did something wrong. And somebody said, well, why did he have to go to these these off? Why did he have to go through these circumstances and situations in life? That seemed to be so harsh. I'm going to tell you why. Because God wanted to introduce him to some more new experiences of grace. He knew grace close to home in his father's eyes. He did not know that there was grace for any other circumstance or situation. But when he got down into Egypt, lo and behold, he found that there was grace in, a, in, in servitude. There was grace there. And then when he got in prison, he found that there was grace even in the, in the dungeon. And so in every experience, it seemed as though that God was forcing him. God was making him go into those places because 
He wanted him to experience some grace that he had not experienced before. And can I say to you that even as a child of God, you must expect that the Lord is not going to keep you in the rosy gardens of life so that you can just tell everybody that, you know, you never, you never had to go through any of those other things. But he's going to allow your own experiences. It'll be like other, unlike other experiences because in those experiences, he wants you to be able to testify to the rest of us. I've been there. And I just want to tell you, while I was there, I found the grace of God. You need not fear. God's grace was in the hospital. God's grace was with me when when death came in a family member. God's grace was with me when the doctor said what he said to me. God's grace was with me when I lost my job. God's grace was there. He has grace for every need, the Bible said. And so He wants to meet your need, your need, your need, your need. And not just where you're at, but He's going to allow life as it will to take you further down the road. And as you go further down the road, there are going to be further experiences to where you will be able to say, Thank God. I'll tell you, I would have never been here by my own choosing. This is not by my design, but I just want you to know that God's grace was there. And uh, I found grace because grace found me in each of these situations. You know, when I think about Joseph's life, I, I think about his garments. His life is divided up into four segments, and they're, they're, they have to do with the clothes. First of all, we read in chapter number 37, his father made him the coat of many colors. And I'm sure he liked that. He liked that. And there are some situations God will put us in that we'll be happy about. We're just so glad that, that the Lord did it. But then when he went down into Egypt, he had to wear that, that not just... He, he lost the son's garment when his brothers took it off from him. He had to put on the servant's garment. Now, you say, well, how do you know he had it on? Because that's the one that Potiphar's wife, when she lied on him, took off his back, remember? Now, that garment, I don't think he ever wanted to wear. He'd as soon just stayed with the son's garment. But you see, it's kind of like the saying, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, sometimes God's got some situations to where he's going to... He's going, it's like the little child, you know, going to school when it wakes up in the morning. It says, Mama, I want to wear this. And you say, No, honey, you can't wear that. It's too cold outside. You've got to wear this. And then they get all mad and everything because they want to wear what works for summer and they don't want to wear what's... But they're not the boss and you know what's best. And so what God will do is He'll, he'll force some... He'll, for, he'll put some things on you and in you that you won't like. But it's what you're going to have to wear so you can find the grace that you're going to need for that portion of your life. And so he has to wear that, that servant's garment. And then, then that wicked woman pulls it off his back. And I think Joseph realized that it was either the, the coat or it was his life. And he probably said to her, Lady, you, I'm getting used to losing coats. You can have it. Uh, you know, I made it without the last one. I think I can make it without this one. And then he goes into prison and he puts on the sufferer's coat. Because in that, in that prison, you know, they, they bound him with the fetters, the Bible said, and it hurt him. And of course, it no doubt suffered, uh, the feelings that were in that, in that prison that he expresses. Uh, and I know that he has a garment on there because when they bring him out of the prison to introduce him to Pharaoh, the Bible said that he, they changed his raiment so he could go in before the king. 
And uh, so I don't, I don't, I think he liked the son's garment. I don't think he appreciated to begin with the servant's garment. I'm sure he wouldn't have chosen the sufferer's garment, but he ends up with a sovereign garment because the king robes him with royal robes when he puts him on the, on, on the, on the throne and he probably liked that one. So there'll be some situations in our lives that we will like and some we won't. But whether we do or whether we don't, what God is doing is He He is building up our testimony so that we can experience more of what He has for us, and that is His grace. God has an abundance of grace, and He wants you to have your share, and you to have your share, and you to have your share, but you can only have those shares in places where God will put you so you can find out that there is some grace. And haven't you said that when something happened to your life? Uh, uh, what would I have done without, what would we do without the grace of God? And how real it is that Christ in His presence will show up there and minister to our hearts and become our strength and our sufficiency when it seems like that it's the worst time in our lives. But yet, I'm only 55 and that means that there are some other days ahead and and, and through the course of life, there will be... We have to lose health if we're going to die. So those things have to happen. And, and death connections and all those other things. But what I'm, I'm trying to say to you on the encouraging side is, is, no matter what you go through, God has got some grace there for you to experience. He's got some more grace. Just as He had saving grace for you, uh, He'll have suffering grace for you and serving grace and sustaining grace and, 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 and just the grace that you need for your life for wherever you're at and whatever you're going through. There is grace that, that He's so really wants you to experience. That's why he's got you there. So that you can find out and be able to testify and say, though it was hard and harsh, and I've heard this said so many times and said it myself, I wouldn't trade the experience because it was there that I experienced things that I could have never experienced in the grace of God. And that's what I love about crossing the country when I look into eyes of people that testify about where they've been and they say, Preacher, I want you to know the Lord helped me right there. And you know what that says to this preacher? I believe He'll help me when I get there. And He'll help you when you get there. I'm talking about those who find grace soon find that thank God grace found Lord Jesus, may you take these words this morning, place them within the hearts of your children that we can, with confidence, without fear, face the days that are ahead, knowing that there is grace for every trial and there is grace for every mile. Sin knowing that the grace of God is sufficient. I pray, Lord, for that heart this morning that hasn't fully experienced you, Lord Jesus, in that first experience of salvation where grace can deliver that heart and they can know that they've been changed forever. That you would do that. Lord, would you lead them to grace? In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen.